welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas Patrick Dorian. Man, I wish I had a radio voice like that. I don't have that, Sam. <laughs> well, what do you mean? You don't have a radio voice? <laughs> you don't either. I'm I know. I don't, I don't have a radio voice. No, that's, you have a good radio Aww. voice. Both of you. In fact, when we first started this show... One of the priests that we had listening said, hey, can you listen to this and just help us with any input or whatever? He actually said Tom had the best voice. He liked Ooh. Tom's voice. Oh, wow. Yeah, he really liked your voice. Uh, Who so, was that? Uh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> See, uh, I was going to switch it up. Because I, I don't want you like, suddenly to – I'm trying to keep your head smaller. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I appreciate that Headphones, affirmation because I was going to switch to my Louis Armstrong impersonation. No, don't do that. And- <laughs> listen, so <laughs> – so we are going to today. We're going to talk about um, something that I, you know. Part of our Lenten uh, experience, one of the things you know, there's there's uh, certainly prayer, there's almsgiving, and there's fasting. Yes, and then there's also sort of a subset of pa- fasting, and that's abstinence. You know, this uh, denial of certain types of food, or et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, those are good and healthy parts of of your Lenten reflection, right? Of of as we assess where we are spiritually in this season that the the church gives us to prepare uh, for Easter, uh, the the you know the high holy feast of of all time. And interestingly, it's one of those things where we as Catholics have done a really good job, and maybe we've been helped by the way the church has viewed fasting. We've done a really good job of containing that fasting, <laughs> like to this little section of time, so to, to Lent. Yeah, right. It's really, and it's only two days that you, it's mandatory. I right? know. So we've even we've even further refined it to like I, I you know, I, there's a season of fasting two days. Well, <laughs> and, and just put it in perspective, the season of fasting. Once upon a time, literally every day of Lent was a day of fasting, and in some places it was customary to say only eight ounces of food a day yeah. for all of Lent, uh, and, and and now it's. We we have uh, you know one small meal one one full meal and then two half meals right. that don't equal a full meal and you could do that on and you only have to do that on two days out of the entire year. I know. And, so yeah. so you can at the, at the end of the day you start thinking like well is this really fasting, right? And and I think as a consequence of that you then have people who will look at that and go like that's not really fasting and sure. then what they end up doing is they set their own rules of fasting and they start going like fasting has to hurt and it has to be painful and it has to be and I'm, I'm not going to eat food for the rest of my life you know and they'll, <laughs> they'll suddenly just they'll pour it on and and i'm not saying that uh we shouldn't examine things and figure out for ourselves to some degree what it what it means to fast and what the purpose of fasting is but i think a lot of us including myself over the years have struggled with why we fast and then certainly uh, what we're trying to th- talk about here today is how to expand fasting into our everyday life, not just our Lenten day life. And, and by the way, you bring up a good point in terms of it can be sometimes hard to discern you know, what the appropriate balance is to strike. We did a show uh, a couple of weeks ago on on virtue being you know in the mean between excess yes, and defect, yes. right? And that relates to fasting as well. And one of the rules that we said is get counsel. And so... I think before we continue, something to say is, if you listen to today's show and you're thinking, I really want to 
fast year-round. I really want to carry Lent forward in the way that these guys are describing. Um, my encouragement to everybody listening would be if you don't have a spiritual director, well, it's not always easy to find one. You know, I would say try to get one. Uh, but Or if you don't have one and you can't find one, go to your pastor and uh, have a meeting, you know, and and share your desire and, and get some real feedback because, you know, some people like doing the bread and water uh, only as a form of fast. And, and for some people, that's a great fit. Yeah. Uh, for other people, it's, it's not so it's not so great either for health reasons or for, for spiritual reasons. And, and we're not always the best. Uh, we, we, we can sometimes know if we go to the doctor what's good for our health, but you got to go to your pastor, your spiritual director to know sometimes what's good for your spiritual health. So I think that's an important caveat to have. Yeah, we, uh, again, all things in moderation. We need to look at how we do things and make sure that we're not doing them for the sake of the doing. Yeah. Right, because sometimes that can become problematic, uh, certainly. And I, interestingly, Tom's over here been shaking his head the whole time. I think he didn't know this. The topic today was fasting. <laughs> well, he, had, he has an ice cream sundae that he's I eating know. as well. <laughs> no, the dessert bar is <laughs> the dessert bar is closed at the cafe cafe during that. Uh, no, uh, no, no. And I, so, all kidding aside, I and and I know um, that all of us have different ways of viewing fasting and understanding fasting. But I, I don't think that all of us have, you know, our first thought is like, man, this fasting thing, I want to do it a bunch. I want to do it more. I want to, <laughs> I want to, you know, because then you start thinking like, well, are you enjoying fasting? And so maybe that's counterintuitive and maybe that's not what fasting's not doing what, what it's supposed to do. It's kind of like runners. Right. I, I, for the life of me, I don't know why people want to run. <laughs> I just don't. Right. I watch them going down the street and thinking like, Look, they're sweaty, and they're just like they're, they're like they're taking their life. But some people love running, right? Right? They love like uh, taking their body to that extreme where they're just—it's really just like their their mo their their muscle memory is just kicking in, and and the aches and the pains and the things the things just going to the edge is a good thing for them in terms of their their physical health. I I that's I'm not into that right. So right. I, I look at that and I, I I I can't for the life of me fathom why that would be. And I'm sure we have lots of listeners that love to run, uh, but there are things that I do. I'm sure that other people are like, why does he do that? Right, bowling. Like, where, where does he bowling? Yes. Who in the world? Wants <laughs> yeah, who to bowl? Would, exactly. Why would you do that? No, I I tell you <laughs> what. Uh, but anyway, the the point of that is, you know, when when we're doing what we do. We need to examine if we're doing it for a spiritual good. Right. We need to examine what is the spiritual good, right? Set a goal and attain that goal, and then adjust that goal as as you know that where where it's reasonably necessary. Yeah. Um, but I think I tell you what we should do though is we should just back up just a little bit, and it's like, what are they really saying here? Right. What we're trying to have folks maybe look at is how to expand the Lenten season to a greater proportion a greater portion of your life yeah. maybe maybe we could be so bold as to say all year round now yeah. i'm not saying that you're in lent all year round and that you should always dress in purple and that you should always have uh, this lifelong sort of lenten experience but but i am saying that too i'm not saying the dress in purple part i i am saying though that um uh, that lent is good yeah, and not just the season of Lent. The season of Lent is the season of Lent. And the church will continue to have that season because it's good to have this hyper focus in this way right before the glories of Easter and that and the beautiful Easter season. Um, but there is something about uh, 
um, asceticism. There's something about this idea of of taking those worldly uh, things that we've come to rely on and little by little pulling them out of our life. Um, Tom, you you did the Exodus uh, ninety thing. I did. Um, so what you didn't? Did you do it during Lent? Was it during? Was it a Lenten thing that went the time you did it? I, don't, I can't remember. I, I don't it think might, it, it might have been, but I don't. I don't, I don't remember because it doesn't have to be Lent. No, it doesn't. Right, and and the point of that. Describe in a in a couple sentences. What what is the point of doing Exodus ninety? Well, the point is to do exactly what you're talking about, which is try to remove all the things in your life that are distracting from becoming a virtuous person. And and when you say distracting, it's not just like flashy shiny objects in your life it's like some everyday things like warm showers right so that was actually a tough, yeah. that was the most difficult thing of all was uh, he had to take cold showers right every day. because you're we're so used to certain Comfort. things right right the things that make us comfortable uh it doesn't mean that you like take 90 days and you don't talk to your wife for 90 days i mean it's not no. it's not that but it is, it is, a, it a is. Joke there, but I won't yeah, go no, there, yeah, don't you. please don't. Uh, well, you're gonna get us all in trouble. I, know. <laughs> I, I came really close to doing it, but but it's it's not like you're stripping yourself of everything, right? But you're, you're coming pretty close. Well, I know, but in, in Exodus ninety is not meant to be more than nine. It's not Exodus ninety one or ninety two or ninety three, right? It's Exodus ninety. Right. So, Actually, so it, he did the ninety three version. Yeah, the ninety three version. <laughs> And you, and you can do it more than once, et cetera. Right. But the point of it is to remove things that not necessarily well, – you, you said distraction, and, and that's what probably the program talks about. But essentially, it's things that we've grown so accustomed to right. that we don't realize that they become a distraction. We, we don't necessarily know. So when you're when – you're, um, you know, when so you, the showers are one thing. The other thing are social media. You get rid of that. Social media, you television. Shopping. You don't yeah. shop for things other than necessities. Um, you know, you give up uh, sweets. You give up alcohol. There's a lot of different things you give up over that 90-day period. And you'd be surprised the amount of junk that's in your world that yeah. just dominates your world. So so this idea of, of making your life uh, almost – and I don't want to say in Exodus 365 because that might be extreme. But, but I will say that, that some of these – Things in our life might need to take make an exodus. Well, right? and, a, and a couple of quick things. One reason it can't be an Exodus three sixty five is the church in its wisdom has determined that um, you know solemn feast days, uh, the octave of Easter, the octave of Christmas, uh, and really also Sunday. Th- those aren't days for fasting. Right? right now, some people during Lent say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep to my 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 Lenten fast forty you know throughout the entire Lent," uh, and that, that's their own personal decision. You know, I, I, I'm not. But as a general. It's, it's rule, wrong I, yeah i mean I, I i'm not i think as a general rule i think there's goodness in saying let's receive the feast of the calendar and let's celebrate the feast of the calendar because there's you know, as they say in ecclesiastes there's a time for everything right, right so there's exactly. a time for fasting and a time for feasting but the point is is right now we're, we're constantly in feast mode and we don't realize it i mean we live right. in a modern world where people have even the poor among us here in the united states have things that kings of Europe hundreds of years ago never would have imagined having right. as luxuries, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, at some point we have to uh, call, we, we have to realize that we've become a bit stuck and a bit self-entitled and a bit confused in our values and, and also a bit of out of control in terms of our uh, lack of self-control, you know, and I can speak from my own and we, but, but here's the key to that. Yeah. 
we don't think we're out of control. Right. Right. And so this, when you say lack of self-control, there, there's a reality to that because there is literally, you know, a McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Taco Bell on every corner. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it, everything is accessible to us. And with our phones, we have everything like the world of information and, you know, good and bad pours out on us 100 uh, percent of the time. And you have people that are like looking at their phones to at night before they go to bed, and waking up in the morning seeing what they missed overnight. And yeah, <clears throat> there's literally a, a, a glut of information, and and we it's it's ongoing, right? But we don't realize that that's something that we've become so accustomed to that we it's it's almost like we see it as a necessity. Well, and, and a couple of quick things like. First, when we were uh, we we spoke on that virtue episode about needing to find where you are and and, and uh, start where you are and work from there. So, like from my own perspective, I can say you know I made a, a comment earlier about the the new rules being one full meal and two half meals. But actually, like when I I started making a decision in the fall that I really wanted to do this Lent year round type thing and and fasting year round, and I that was actually just doing it in accordance with those rules. Um, sometimes just having the self-examination of, self, uh, of saying, okay, if I have one full meal, that doesn't include seconds and doesn't and a thirds and a dessert and all that stuff. Because otherwise, I'm just waiting until one point in the day to eat the whole day worth of food. You know what right. I mean? And and so at first it required a restriction saying, okay, one full meal, truly just one full normal meal and then two half meals and restricted myself to that and then working my way up but the reason i was able to work my way up it's the same it's similar to at a gym you don't just go and grab the heaviest weights you know you you learn and you grow with those weights and you're getting stronger over time in in your self-control because it was hard just setting those basic boundaries upon myself when i first started but now i'm in a much different place thanks be to god and his grace but also through the hard work that by his grace, you know, I've been led now for the past several months, beginning, I guess, early November, to, to, to really uh, try to grow in this particular virtue. And, and I would say also from a couple of things from practical perspective, like one, from spiritually practical, Jesus talks about demons sometimes they can only get gotten rid of through prayer and fasting. You know, and we at the Catholic Cafe, we've, we don't mince words about the fact that the devil's on the attack in our lives and our family's lives every day. Yeah. And there's always reason for prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also from a practical level, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not in here. I'm not trying to speak from a, in, in like an apocalyptic end times type way. Um, you can take that if you want to in this in this direction. But we lo- look at 2020, what we learned. You know, you have one pandemic that happens, the collapse that happened in our world right. so well, quickly. Yes. What reverberated. Yes. Right? The, the the ripple in the pond that went out, 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 and further. And, and still to this day, there are disruptions. Oh, yeah. Well, right? and, and disruptions <clears throat> super easily. I heard a podcast the other day. You know how many uh, meat processing plants there are for pork in the United States? Three is what yeah. I heard. Three. And so one of them shuts down. You have all these pigs that are actually, they have to be this exact weight in order, an exact size in order to be fed through all the machinery. Hundreds of thousands of pigs were actually incinerated because they wouldn't fit those machines because one of the, one or two of the plants shut down because of COVID. So the point is, is collapse can happen, you know, at any time and... It, so there's and there's also, a ripple effect. There's Again, a ripple effect. So right. just having self-control and being able to receive the ups and right. downs of life is 
uh, pretty important, and it's a, and I think it's a skill that we've been willfully blind to, and we had an opportunity to wake up to it with 2020. And fasting is a path to to kind of taking the lessons from 2020 and saying, you know what, I want to be ready spiritually, interiorly. Well, and this is not, you, you probably could have held back on the pig information that that was, <laughs> but but you're right, and and that like fat. <laughs> Fasting. I found it interesting. Yes, Sorry. I know. <laughs> fasting wouldn't have stopped the pandemic. No. But fasting or spiritual preparation for us would have helped us, w- does help us. And, and the church asks us to always essentially live every day as if it, it's our last day. Right. Right. In preparation for the return of Jesus. And that's that's an important mindset. Um, and, and the thing is about fasting, I think it's interesting you would point out that uh, – that some demons can only be removed with prayer and fasting. Yeah, and those those are the real those are the stubborn <laughs> demons, right? I guess. Right. But I, I'm I'm just thinking it just shows you that fasting is like to a higher degree um, a, a spiritual preparation. I'm not saying we don't pray that we should only fast, but fasting in combination with prayer uh, is probably the most amazing remedy, and it comes from our Lord Himself. Yeah, uh, and so it tells us that there's that fasting is important, um, and which leads you to think like, well, well, what happens in fasting? What is it that's actually going on with our body in fasting? The rules that are set aside, right? You've mentioned them a couple of times. You've obviously had trouble with the rules, uh, <laughs> as we all do. Uh, no, you know, the, the church has to come up with some kind of like framework, right? That we work with, and, and within that framework, we all need to find our our place, right? Some a little more, some a little less, etc. But the church, the church says, well, look, at the minimum, you got to do this, uh, and and but but like, why? Why does the church concern ourselves? Why did the Lord talk about fasting? And there's a basic reason, and I'm not saying that this is, uh, you know dogmatic teaching because i can't do that but i can say that it's pretty reasonable to assume that in terms of fasting by removing parts and pieces of things that you've depended upon in your life Mm -hmm. right when you empty yourself of those things you start to see what has value what doesn't have value what's adding value what's adding distraction or adding you know, weight, right? What, what's what's causing harm versus giving you, right, a, a true sense of uh, desire for the Lord. And so when we fast, it's not just denying the things that we like. It's also, to a certain degree, limiting even the things that we need to see where where is that edge? Where is where does the iron that sharpens iron? Where is that 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 friction happening? And then to turn that in. So like. In our emptiness is where we have our strength. And again, that's the great mystery that comes to us. I mean, from our Lord in terms of his suffering, uh, his his death, his becoming sin, becoming the sin offering for us, right? The great mystery of that, and that's how God saves the world, uh, and that's an amazing thing. We don't understand to, the cert- uh, to a certain degree, because it's called a mystery by our church, mm-hmm. but there's a part of me that does say, reasonably to myself and y'all can take this for what it's worth but when i empty myself of the things that i think that i want and need i become a vessel yeah right that can be filled by jesus yes and so that's that's how i in my sort of common man perspective understand the concept of fasting when i when i empty myself of like 
what I think that I'm depending upon all my life, I suddenly realize the true dependence is upon Jesus Christ. And yeah. there's more there's more room there for Jesus to abide. And in that there's also greater strength and resilience too, you know, because and and I know I went off a little bit of a tangent with the pig thing, uh, but simply to say that our system that we have that we I just picture these big pigs that won't fit through a door, you know, and I just I can't get past that. But, 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 what, I'm getting, but what I'm getting at is that like that's just what, because we had that meat crisis back in 2020. Yeah, we only had we our system is more fragile than we realize, and so if our sense of resilience and strength is dependent upon ex- the the external circumstances of this of the the world is going to figure everything out our lord jesus was very clear about the world you know and i'm not sitting here trying to just shake my 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 finger at 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 everything right but at the end of the day like our lord said if the builders do not build the house our builders build in vain and we live in there's so many structures of sin just in our economic life within our country and around the world about you know where there's lots of exploitation there's a lot of uh a lot that's happening, a lot of greed that's driving people right mm-hmm. now, a lot of consumerism, a lot of materialism. And we just have to ask ourselves, the more that we're feeding into that system and depending upon that system and letting our wants and our desires and our identity be formed and shaped by that system, the more we are going to be up potentially for a rude awakening. Because if the builders do not build that house, the builders build in vain. And so the best way for our interior house and our house within our families to be built by the Lord is to do exactly what you're saying, to make the choice to empty ourselves of self and to receive him and realize, you know, when we hear like St. Teresa of of, uh, Avila saying like, let nothing disturb you, let nothing frighten you, uh, you know, God, uh, God never changes, you know, patience obtains all, all things that, that comes through that emptying of self. That right talking now. About. So I, I want to go back to something you said also earlier, Sam, um, you, you are the master of like, uh, of, 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 you know, saying several things in, in a space of like 20 seconds. And, and I want to talk about each one of them. Okay. Another thing that you talked about is that, that there is a timing to all this and it is not the intention of the church that you would live an ascetic life every single day 365 right there there is a time for feasting as you said before there are times for celebrations and these are important and we don't want to diminish those right right because this is um because we are creatures and and there are things that that and we have emotions and we have feelings and god wants us to be joy filled mm-hmm. right and so having these celebrations these feasts we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. I mean, it's good to have an Easter basket. I'm just going to say it. It's like right. a basket filled with chocolate and, and those little marshmallow peeps. And what this this is a good and holy thing. And I know those aren't those are not church things. <laughs> but but you understand the, the 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 like where we start with the kids and we and we draw them into that into that season uh, and they really they they realize the 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 sweetness of the Lord. There's something beautiful about that, and we should celebrate that. So every single Sunday is, even in Lent, every single Sunday is a Sunday of the Resurrection. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it should be celebrated. Now, it doesn't, we don't go uh, crazy during Lent, but still, during that Sunday, this is why we don't have the Lenten fast on that Sunday of Lent, right? right? right. That's 40 days of Lent, if you do the math, doesn't include the Sundays. Right. And doesn't mean that you go totally off 
whatever you gave up and you're like, well, I, I gave up chocolate, but man, I had an entire chocolate bunny that was six pounds on Sunday. You don't want to do that. Right. Because even the, even the liturgies of the church are toned down during, during the Lenten uh, uh, season, but we do celebrate. Yeah. And, and I think God wants us to have a, a little taste of heaven in our lives as a foretaste, right, of the sweetness of heaven. So, so uh, n- not that we indulge, but that we, that we celebrate and we have moments of celebration and joy in life. So birthday parties and uh, just uh, a really good meal with friends and a bottle of wine and a couple of steaks on the grill. These are good things that, the God, that God wants us to see that this is... This is a foretaste of heaven. Well, and the other thing is, is, is from a practical perspective, thinking in terms of, uh, you know, fasting year round. We fasted and we gave up whatever we gave up this Lent. This Lent's almost over, right? So now, uh, in in preparing for the next Lent throughout the year, if we're incorporating, let's say, a weekly fast of some sort, and again, it's best to talk to your pastor or spiritual director in making these decisions. Um, you can work your way up to say, I want to make sure my next Lent, I'm going to up my game next Lent, so to speak, and do even better next year and do that every single year, right? And and, and that takes practice. Just like you don't just go grab the heaviest weight. You have to work your way up to it. So the time between Lents, except for the feast days, yeah. is the time to do that. So here's what, here's what we're asking. What we're asking uh, is that can we look at expanding Lent further into our lives, expanding the meaning and the purpose of Lent, this self-retrospection, uh, 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 this this inspection of ourselves, this looking at where are we spiritually and maybe using some opportunities to fast. Uh, and it's not just food, but to fast from things, distractions, things that have that, that have made, made, uh, distracted us from the Lord and from our mission and from what God is calling us to be and calling us to do. What what can we do? Is it something a little, something that we can add to our daily regimen, uh, you, you know, throughout life? I, we've got a couple of really dear friends uh, that we knew several years ago, uh, and, and we were talking about fasting, and, and he loves beer, and he gave up beer for the rest of his life. Right, wow. and she loves ice cream. She gave up ice cream the rest of her life, and I'm thinking like I could never do that. But they were at a place spiritually where they had learned that they they could do something like that, right? And knowing that he's probably going to have lots of beer in heaven, apparently, and she's going to have lots of ice cream. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I do know that that there is there is a level of commitment that we're all capable of that we maybe just need to examine further, mm-hmm. so that we can take Lent into other seasons of our life, right? So that we can just we can enjoy those little feasts that we have even more. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to be with us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and the hour, hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.